Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group with our roundtable and our partner, NWVU. That's the National Women's Veterans United, March is Women History Month. Today is Saturday, March 11th, 2023. Some of us are celebrating St. Patrick's Day this weekend. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Cliff, the co-host, Army National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. And our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega, Scouts Under Production, who's not here today, which is why you're not seeing us on YouTube or Facebook. A partner, Rochelle Crump, she's with us today. She's a U.S. Army veteran and founder and president of the National Women's Veterans United. We're going to talk about updates with Cook County grant recipients, as we talked about in previous shows. And also, we have a stand-on coming up, coming with NWVU and Women History Month. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me and looking forward to the show. Um, you know, we've been here before talking about some of those things you just mentioned and how important it is for us to follow them. That is, you know, one of the things that we're doing. And, uh, you know, just looking at some of the information, like online for Cook County awarding $1.5 in honor grants, and then another one says Cook County awards $1.4 in honor grants, and, you know, we still have not been able to find out exactly what will they be doing with the money. Wow. So that's one of the things that we're still trying to figure out. Now, the last time I talked to the county uh, Veterans Affairs office, they told me that they were going to send a actual, not directly to me, but they would be sending out a newsletter, and it will have all of the information about the 18 individual organizations that received the money. Some got 100000 some had five um what was that a hundred thousand fifty thousand and then five thousand i think it was so we're just waiting patiently i said patiently to find out you know what are going to do with the money because we're still getting we the national women veterans united are still receiving a lot of referrals for women veterans who need services homeless at risk you know emergency uh needs and we're taking care of the business and of course, we didn't get the grant because we didn't apply for the grant. But nonetheless, you know, as citizens and also living in Cook County, being a veteran, having a veterans organization, the only military women veterans organization that is very active in Illinois uh, and making, you know, that uh, promise to make sure that women are taken care of and their families, you know, for whatever their needs are. So we want to hear more about that. And I'm glad we have a platform here where we can keep asking about it because it's important. Uh, and as mentioned before, those recipients, a lot of them receive, you know, the grant, but they don't have the money yet. We did hear that. However, I heard from the grapevine that they are supposed to be getting the money soon, and hopefully we'll get more information on that. So that's where we are right now in terms of, you know, what's going on in terms of the county and how we can basically keep following it. We need to follow it because we need to know. And this is for Cook County, right? This is, and this is, a, this is an That's annual? That's for Cook County. Mm-hmm. This is an annual? No, um, it's, 
uh, an award? Is this something they do every year, or is this a one? Was this a one special event? I think this was a one time because it had something to do with the relief money for each state or each. Um, I'm pretty sure it was with each state. Um, we waiting out, and you know, it's nice to keep posting that you know you gave that money away. But what are they doing with the money? That's the big question. We need to know. Do you know what the criteria was know. for for the applications that or for the people that? Oh yeah, applied? yeah. Um, and and I'm glad you asked that because <laughs> what I saw was some improprieties, if you will, for an individual group that was not eligible. It said you needed to have three years of experience working with veterans and a not-for-profit organization. Well, that organization had only two years. So how did they get the grant? You know, so it's it's little things like that. Some things we found to be, in our opinion or in our world, if you will, that doesn't look right is, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that because I'm convinced that, you know, Based on the uh, ethics department, because I called it in, I inquired about it uh, because I felt like there was a lot of, um, like, not I don't want to call it like double dipping. What I would call it is a conflict of interest, which is what it was, you know, for employees who had been a part of that organization that's given away the money, even though they weren't on the, quote, unquote, on the uh, panel to select the person. Everybody knew them. You know, they knew them by name. They knew them by the organizations and stuff. And, you know, we can play that game, too, and just say, okay, that is probably legitimate. However, it still doesn't feel right. Were it they, still doesn't feel right. Were they employees right. of, the, of the organization, or were they just they just knew who they, they were? No, they were employees. Okay. They were a elected um, officer, actually, you know, from the County Veterans Affairs Office. So, and I get, I want, I looked up, you know, the act for, you know, revolving door once you leave a, a job in the political world that you have to wait a year most of the time before you can get involved in anything that has something to do with the entity in which you worked for. And so, you know, as I found out, that person had begun a little longer than what I thought they had. I thought it would just seem like it had been like a year or something like that. And I was like, oh, because I had the same thing with the state of Illinois. You know, when I left, I was on a revolving door and could not, you know, do like anything to do with like children and stuff like that. Because I worked for the Department of Children and Family Services. You know, now when I was with the city, of course, they didn't have that then. But since that time, they created that law to make sure that there was no... Um, you know, no chance of people basically being just handpicked, more or less, you yeah. know. And I respect that. However, you know, we still need to know what's going on with the money. Mm-hmm. So that's where we get. That's where we are there. And then you have you have evidence that this is the case. You have evidence that these people work for the organization, and then they, but then also oh, yeah. that they didn't do two years of of, of service with veterans. Well, the one that didn't have, it wasn't the service, the um, ethics department did look into it. So they called me back and indicated that that was not a, um, it was not a conflict of, of interest. That person had been gone longer than that. So I accepted that because they did look into it. You know, it just seemed like still because the panel, they all knew him. <laughs> Let's just face it, you know, they didn't work for the department, but they worked for the county. 
They've attended some of the legislators' meetings where that person used to have to report at. So it's not like you are not familiar with that person. They may not be like friend friends or something like that, but you knew of the name. You knew of the person. So, you know, a lot of this, you know, I'll accept the fact that they did do an inquiry on it and they got back to me. Mm-hmm. So Where, I accepted that. Was this the same now we won't know the what, what the money going to do. Did this the same organization have the two years uh, issue that you're talking about? No, that's a different one. That was a brand new organization. And how I knew it was two years into their making is that they had it on their website, that they had only been established for two years. So, I mean, that was clear. And then the other one was that, you know, they had an organization that I felt was a conflict of interest when they were listed on the county site indicating that they could help you fill out the application and all that. Well, that's wonderful, you know, but then it looks like a conflict of interest when you get a, you get a hundred thousand dollars and you're on their website. So, I mean, where does the chips fall at right there when you're helping people and that's a good thing, but now you're getting the grant too. You know, those two don't go together. They just don't. It's a conflict of interest. And then they said they told me, well, they they didn't uh, help anybody. They decided not to help anybody. Well, why is this still on your on your website then? At the time when I talked to them, it was still on their website. It's still there, lady. <laughs> you know. And then you know when you tell people stuff, it sounds like you're blaming them or whatever. You know, and I don't want to go into that, but it wasn't no blame. It is just what it is. You know, accept it for what it is. If it's not something that you feel like is, you know, was right and it's not about you, and that's what I told her, it's not about you. You know, it's about what it looks like. And I'm speaking for people also, you know. And if she had asked who the people were, I would have told her. You know, and she said, well, people can go and get a, um, I forget what she told me, it's the form that you get when you want to inquire about something. Well, I called them. You know, and they did my inquiry by phone and stuff. So I was satisfied with getting the answer back. Was that the Freedom of Information so, Act, the FOI form, or was it something different? Yeah. Was it the FOI form? Yeah. Pardon me? Was it the FOI form they were talking about? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, then we can do yeah. the FOI Freedom of Information Act. We'll get you the information. Um, but then, these yeah. some, so up to this point, one person they say um, did meet the guidelines because they were out for it. They were separated for the time frame, whether it's a year or whatever the time frame was. But then another it was another, for three years. Three years, okay. But another 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 uh, uh, group they have they, they have a they have affiliations because they've done work with the organization, I guess, before. Mm-hmm. It sounded like it. And this is what, seeing as though they were able to help. It sounded like it, or was it was that the fact? Because you, if you're making accusations, well. About it, can we just say it's a fact since they were allowed to be on that uh, website of the county indicating that they would help? Now, there's some affiliation there. Otherwise, the county wouldn't have them on their website. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that Is people that proof that, enough? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, the, but you're saying that the people, so you, you would rather see it where the people that do the grants or apply for the grants can't have any affiliation whatsoever with. They um, should the not. Okay. Not if they're going to get the grant, too. That just doesn't look right. 
for them. But I, don't, I mean, I don't know. For me personally, I mean, I don't know enough about it to really say one way or the other. But I mean, if you have a website, mm-hmm. see, I, say, for example, VA, the Veterans Administration has a website that shows veterans organizations across the country that they recommend. Or I won't say recommend, but they say these are organizations that you can uh, you can um, get help from. But if they apply yeah. for a VA grant or some kind of VA benefit, would that prohibit them from, say, getting a grant when they're still not for profits? Yeah, but they shouldn't be getting the grant at the same time that they're offering their services for the county at the same time for the same people who they're getting the grant for. That's conflict of interest. So what if they help somebody and that person doesn't get the grant and then they got the grant? What does it look like then? I'm still confused. I don't know. I don't quite get it yet. But like what I'm saying, like you know, a person, if a person is getting not. money from, if a person is has a contract with the county, but they're not for profit, we don't know if they had a contract or not. All we know is that they were listed on the county for helping with that honor grant. Okay, and that was out to the people who were interested in having was, uh, can, help see. for the grant. I can see it being a problem if they're if the service that they're providing is helping people fill out the application for the grant that they're also competing in. That would be a problem. That is what I said. Yeah, that's definitely a problem. But and, thank you. But I'm saying, but is it? Are you saying in general? <laughs> but my my question was in general. Do you think that it's that they should have the people should have no affiliation for any government or have any kind of advertising or be on their website? She said they're on the some people are on their website, and then I they was, were on the website of the grant. Hmm. Okay, and then they got a, and then they got the grant. Oh, okay. So, the, so these people were advertising on the grants website, not just with Cook County, but just but on the grants website. Yeah, for applying to help. Okay, and I makes I kind of understand now. I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's and I mean, it was a, a noble yeah. thing to do. I'm not saying it was you know a bad thing to do. It was noble, and you know if I had had the time that I needed, I mean I would have probably asked them for some help too. Yeah, if you're going, if you're you going know, to apply the thing for the grant, you should be helping helping people that are also competing for the grant. Correct, because what the if grant. the people don't get the grant and you get the grant? Now, right. what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Right, that's the problem. Yeah, so if, if you're yes, just doing if you're just doing veterans counseling, like, like in my mind, I'm thinking I don't know if they're doing veterans counseling or maybe they're helping people with PTSD or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're soliciting. But you're saying that they're actually helping people mm-hmm. apply for the grant. Right. That's a whole different. That's a, yeah, it's a whole different. Uh, yes, it like is. against you. But- Mm-hmm. So then, but I want to move on because I, them, but, mm-hmm. but what if people reached out to them and didn't get anything? They said they decided not to do it. You said, but then right. what if people reached out to try to apply for the grant, but because no one was there to help them because they didn't do it, what they said they're going to do, that could have been a problem. Yeah, it could have been, but that's where we are. We got a lot of more stuff to tell you <laughs> about Women's History Month. You ready mm-hmm. to move on? Oh yeah, we can move on. You have any- yeah, I'm ready. Okay, thank you. Okay, so you know it's Women's History Month, and so the National Women Veterans United is also involved in the Stand Up to Stand Down, which is the stand down, and it will be for women on uh, Saturday, March the 25th, and it will be actually convened by seven sites. So this is like a statewide thing. There's going to be four um, sites in Chicago, one in Freeport, Illinois, one in Springfield, Illinois, and one in Waukegan. So the women veterans can register at any of those sites. Um, and this is going to be out of uh, the National Lewis University. They actually are taking a lead on this. Uh, this is their fourth year 
We actually have some presenters that will be taking place uh, on the program. Also, of course, we expect the governor's proclamation for Women's History Month. And then we also have uh, partners such as NWVU, Vest Jobs, Social Security, IDVA, and uh, places like that that will be given information about their organizations. We also have a speaker. Her name is Jennifer Garrett. Uh, she's an Army JAG officer. Actually, she's still serving, and she's an attorney, and she's the author of two books. One is Move the Ball, and the other one is Dominate the Game. And she uses the uh, football model for motivation and inspiration through her book. She has a lot of activity going on with the national uh, with the NFL, if you will, uh, which is really inspiring, you know, to talk to her and have her give us information about, you know, how really to move that ball. And so uh, we also have a women veterans panel, and that's going to consist of uh, Dr. Pamela Wilson. She's a member of our organization, Sergeant Major Retired. She's actually going to be the moderator, and she's also going to share her experience also. And we have other members that will, not our members, but others that will be participating on the panel, Marcia Smith, Kimberly McGraw, and Gabriella Rush. Uh, rushing and she's a Marine Corps vet and the others are Army veterans, I believe. And then there'll be some individual stuff that'll be going on uh, with each of the uh, sites too. So if they go to the site, whatever site they go to, there'll be different activities, but they'll also be on uh, the webinar with all of those activities that I just mentioned. And so we also have our 18th anniversary. Yay, 18 years. Can you wow. believe it? 18 years. I know, we're just really, I know, and excited about 20. We're working on 2020 right now, really, you know, but you just can't wait to the last minute when you got something big like that. So we're going to have a uh, anniversary celebration, and that's going to be on Sunday, March the 26th, from 2.30 to 5.30 at our facility. And we will actually be, it'll be a early afternoon blue spring affair. And so we have a band that's going to be making some great music. We have food and everything. And so we'll be selling uh, some tickets for that. I'm going to get that to you. So we hope you will come and support it as well. And then we also have the 2023 Women Veterans Conference. We're doing that in conjunction with the Disabled American Veterans in Indiana at Wicker Park Social Center. And uh, they can go online. Anybody can go online and look that up. It's free for the veterans and also community partners. It's going to be a continental breakfast, lunch, vendors, raffle gifts, uh, workshops, and things of that nature. We're really excited about that also. Um, you know, it's good to be able to actually, con you know, to conjoin with those organizations because I tell you, uh, right now, there's and I have to go quick on this is because we have you know some issues. We're on our way to Washington D.C. Um, this week, next week rather. We got a lot of things we need to talk about. First of all, we need to talk about those congressional charters. They don't give congressional charters anymore, but the DAD, VFW, American Legion, and those organizations are still telling our story, and we don't need them to tell our story. We actually need to be talking for ourselves and letting them know what's going on. I don't know if you saw it or not, but there is uh, um, information from CNN, NBC, ABC, Military Times. Military academies see unprecedented rise in sexual assault. Can you believe it? 
Can you believe that? It has gone up. For example, females, cadets, and midshipmen at the Air Force Academy and Naval Academy saw the biggest rise in incidents, 22% and 23% respectively in 2022. And at West Point, it was 18%. Now, these are all unwanted sexual contacts at military service. So, you know, we're looking at that, and now, you know, it's a whole lot of work still to be done with that. We thought that things were getting better. We thought that, you know, they had kind of got a hold of some of, of what's going on with the military sexual trauma stuff, and it's like rearing this ugly head again. So, you know, the um, Department of Defense is working hard. Uh, you know, they're doing what they have to do. Now they have to conduct uh, more investigations and things like that. But we are adamant that, you know what, they need to put the hammer down on really what's going on. And I think that didn't happen over the years. And we did write a letter to them at one point in time. We never heard anything back. But now we have got to stand up and we have got to tell them that these answers only come from basically doing the things that we asked them to do. One is putting in cameras. The other one is making those perpetrators national sex offenders on that register, you know, and making sure that they don't take that bad behavior back to the community, possibly where it came from. Now, that is men and women who have been assaulted in the military. Now, that was from the Military Times by Megan Myers, and it came out on March the 10th of this year at 4.33 p.m. And, you know, when you think about West Point and the high expectations that people have for them and they said by all metrics the military sexual assault problem has only grown worse even with more resources committed to fight it you know especially at the military service academies so you know you have to remember you got young people going there that parents and trust their children will be safe you know because they're only 19 20 years old some a little younger than that 18 when they came in and you know kind of like getting their feet wet and service and everything and boom here comes you know that that horrible thing that they have to deal with and so you know we've got a lot a lot of work to do and we're going to be standing up for these women we're going to be making sure that we can help them when they come home making sure we're already doing that you know and this was now, Rochelle, long overdue. I to cut you off but Michelle before you give us the address of of the NWBU our address 8620 South Pulaski Road in Chicago, and people can reach us at nwbu.org at gmail.com. That's our email address, nwbu.org at gmail.com, and our phone number is 872-731-2150. For the events coming up, audience, make sure that you look at those resources, go online, call the number, or go to the address because they have a museum there, too, a great museum you can check out and also get information about women's service through the years and through the different wars and conflicts. You have a great thing to tell us about, Rochelle Crump, U.S. Army veteran, founder and the president of Natural Women's Veterans United. Thank you for your time. And thank you for your service also. We appreciate you and your executive director and the governor. Thank you all. <laughs> thank you. This is America's Heroes Group. We're right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.